Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Implicitly Awkward. I'm one of your hosts, Marcus. Hello, everybody. I am your other co-host, Alexia. And this week, we are talking about nationalism and what it means to be American. Um, Mm -hmm. We're thinking about, like, we just passed Juneteenth and we got uh, Independence Day on the way. So, I don't know. We just felt like there's a conversation to be had right now. Yeah, conversation over patriotism, um, 4th of July, maybe not being the most inclusive holiday, um, and the feels also around 4th of July with everything that has happened as well. So we have a great episode for you, and we're excited to get into it. Well, ready, set, go. Let's do it. Let's get it. This is... Implicitly... Awkward. Cue the music. All right. So this week we are talking about nationalism um, and what it means to be American um, in 2020. Uh, And just to start off with like common terms, uh, definition of nationalism is identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of interests of other nations. Um, And you know, that particular definition kind of rings kind of true. Like when you think about like, when we think about uh, being a nationalist for America or in any, Mm -hmm. any context. No, 100%. I think what's interesting to me in that definition is the exclusion or determinant of the interests of other nations. And where in America, a lot of the propaganda that is sold about America is that it is a land of opportunity for all. Um, And thinking about myself being Salvadoran American, and other friends that have parents that have immigrated to America. So it it really hits upon that idea or the ideology of um, like erasure of one's identity or maybe country that you have emigrated from. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, And it's like an interesting like thing to think about because, you know, we it's like we're in the middle of june actually at the end of june kind of crazy june's flying by but like juneteenth just passed and juneteenth being freedom day uh being the day that uh uh all the slaves that were in texas finally became free um after the civil war after the emancipation proclamation like that's the actual day that like um black americans become like black americans for real for real um it's the day that like even though that uh, the proclamation said that states had to let their slaves go, um, there were still people that were still enslaved for another two years until 1865. Um, so it's like, it's really interesting because like now we just passed what really is a national holiday, you know, mm. for black America. And honestly, it should be celebrated as a national holiday just for everybody that is american for real for real but it doesn't have the same it doesn't have the same uh effect or the same type of hype around say fourth of july independence day 
Yeah, no, 100%. And I think this is where we were coming at in terms of posting on our Instagram um, in regards to, is the 4th of July canceled? And if so, which 91% of you out there said yes, it is canceled. (laughs) And, you know, rightly so, because when we think about Independence Day, 4th of July, it's, it's truly not Independence Day for all. It's the signing of the Declaration of Independence. But then when we think of Juneteenth, that is the actual day of emancipation, of where everybody in America is quote-unquote free. Free as an individual person, human, and has full rights. So some of our viewers or listeners suggested that we kind of shift the focus to Juneteenth. And, you know, I, I do back that up because... Independence Day, not everybody received freedom on that day. And Juneteenth really exemplifies and commemorates freedom. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like, I don't know, like, into that point about, uh, about Independence Day, it really is regarded as like, um, one of the biggest holidays, like on our calendar. and there's always like a, a 4th of July sale. Um, there's always going to be like American flags just draped on everything. They're in like car commercials that'll be, that'll be like on, uh, on swim trunks. They'll have like the plates and like napkins and like all that stuff, right? Um, capitalism. Capitalism, right? You gotta, you gotta make that money, okay? I feel you, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, it's definitely a commodified holiday. Um, and I understand why that we have, we celebrate it because it, I mean, we decided that we had to get away from the British. Like y'all are not going to treat us any type of way. This is our country now. Stop treating, stop mistreating us. Right. And that was mm-hmm. the day that like we had to, um, we said that, no, this is our land. This is our country. Um, but on that same note, like it's a, it's literally a protest day. If you think about it, it's literally a day like, uh, recognizing a massive protest that 13 colonies decided to put on like and this is the document the declaration of independence this is the document saying that we're, we're not we're not going to take it anymore so mm-hmm. I think my question is why is that accepted when there are people protesting out in the streets to get people to understand that the police are unjustly killing people um, rest in peace, Elijah McClain, you know, yeah. uh, rest in peace, Andres Guardado and Breonna Taylor, you know, like we're still, we're still waiting on Breonna Taylor's murderers to be charged for something, you know, mm-hmm. um, but those protests aren't, uh, those protests aren't met with that same type of like support or anything like that. It's really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I think this gets to like the core of Fourth of July and kind of like the fallacy and like patriotism and whiteness. And, you know, I think that this year in particular, it's become even more clear and kind of feels just a lie, a lie. And I don't know about your experience, Marcus, growing up, but being first generation 
Salvadoran American. I mean, I'm second generation on my dad's side. Um, first gen on my mom's. Like growing up, Fourth of July didn't feel uh, as such a big deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love a good cookout. Love dancing. Love the food. You know what I mean? All of that was more of like, oh, as a family, we could come together, and that was like important for the holiday. But my sense of mm, feeling super American and pride with this country, I don't feel so tied to. And I just wonder like if you had a different experience or a similar experience just because, you know, I haven't, my people have not been in this country for that long. My direct lineage of people and ancestors have not been in the United States of America for, you know, centuries or decades and such, so. Well, I mean, so, all right, my family is very American, right? So, like, my mom is from Dallas, Texas. My dad is from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and I feel like if we, if I did some research, if I like, you know, did 23andMe or something like that, I could find out like exactly where my lineage is from. But me being the paranoid person that I am, I don't want any uh, private companies owning my data or my DNA. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to chalk that up to slavery and say that I'm American. Mm -hmm. um, and even for me, like um, the 4th of July was just always a cookout day. Um, we just cooked out and we would go to somebody's pool and hop in the pool and you know like we it was a good day we get together um whether that's like at a friend's house or like a or like or like the, like the family house i don't know um but we weren't really celebrating like america more so we're just celebrating each other's company um but i mean all my memories of the 4th of July are really just like playing outside. Mm -hmm. um, but not, not so much like saying the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance or anything like that. But speaking of the Pledge of Allegiance, now that I think about it, we said the Pledge of Allegiance every day, like during elementary school, like oh, yeah. the first thing, like the first thing in the morning, like, and that's really, really that's weird like that's weird that's weird I don't know that's weird to me <laughs> you know like I understand having a pledge or such to a country but when things are not equal for everybody and there's so many different barriers and there's just inherent issues within a system it makes pledging allegiance to a country to a flag um not feel right mm -hmm. not feel right at all um but i do i understand the sense of unity but this is like why we have to do the work that we need to do is to have true unity and equality for everybody because we are not all the same within this country, which we keep seeing throughout history and especially right now where I feel like 
you know, finally things are being videotaped and we're, we're coming to a climax um, mm -hmm. within this nation. But I guess my question to you, Marcus, is like during the 4th of July, like, did you feel a sense of like home or a sense of like patriotism? No, but I will say, <laughs> no, <laughs> really, no. No. like, but I feel like the most patriotism I ever feel is during like the Summer Olympics, for real, for real, because like that was, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. So like USA basketball for real was always my jam and like seeing like all my favorite players on the same team, just dominating everybody because we're the best. Um, I don't know. That, that was always great. And like, watching our swim team, like our women's track team, like they're all incredible. Our, our women's soccer team, like mm. they dominate every year. And like, and in that regard, I feel a lot of pride for our nation because like we have great athletes and they've been working hard and like, it's cool to see them celebrated on, on like a world stage. But like, other than that, like, not for real, like on the off, um, on the other years, like, because you know, the Olympics being every four years, and then the World Cup being every four years. And those years in between, for real, like, I don't really, there's nothing really there for me. I don't know. What about you? Like, since, like, you're, uh, I mean, you, like you said, you're uh, you're the child of immigrants, right, of an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it feel like, that, that, those, those moments? You know, it's kind of complex. Um like I, I don't feel so much as tied to like uh, Americana, like regalia and things like that. Um, but then at the same time, I have not visited El Salvador um, yet. So there's this like, this weird kind of in the middle feeling of like, you're a blank American. So for me, like thinking of 4th of July, like it's really been centered around parties and family and that making me feel like at home. Um, but in terms of a sense of patriotism towards the United States, um, you know, not so much. I would say like with my mom in particular, you know, her journey itself is really amazing. And she left her country because of circumstances of people being killed and, and wars and, and all of that. So she came to the US for opportunity and safety. But you know, we have to look at the politics of the war and like the United States involvement in terms of that as well, mm -hmm. um, which is an underlying issue. So, you know, her coming here and finding some kind of like safety and opportunity is meaningful to her. But I think when she is seeing all this stuff that's been happening, um, there's kind of a, a shock. She, she's like, wow, in this country, this happens here? This is crazy. Like, I, I can't believe this. This country is like getting worse and worse and worse. Like, what is happening? And, and I think for her, that like, being sold the American dream um, was such a thing. And I think her seeing everything that's happening and the experiences that she's been through herself, um, you know, 
I think it's also creating a, a dialogue for her of like, wow, okay. Like, what is it to be American? Am I truly accepted? Um, like, where does my loyalty lie? Like, where do I feel patriotic? Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, I can only imagine that shock, like, thinking that she escaped one thing just to find out that, like, something similar happens here, but just, it just looks different, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you really have to go and look back into history and really look at the layers of, like, oh, why did this war happen in my country? Like, what countries were involved in kind of creating this... Um, platform or this like perfect storm to to happen so you know it gets very complicated and I know this is like a long-winded answer to your question but it's complicated it's very complicated holding multiple um identities and and being first generation and being a blank American Mm -hmm. it's like oh you know it's sold to us like you're American, but like you have to like kind of wash out whatever that you come with. And now, you know, please be American, which is equal to a white aesthetic. Definitely. And like what you were talking about made me like reflect a little bit more about why I think I feel the most patriotic during um the summer olympics is mm-hmm. because there it's black people that are that are like winning these uh, winning these athletic events you know it's like it's all about mm-hmm. representation um, yeah i was gonna ask you i was i was gonna say like is there a sense of representation in, in that more yeah. so than because in other areas it, yes definitely um because it's it's one of those moments where like um black people are being celebrated for something within our country right and like again there's i mean there's levels to that right because you know why is it that they're only being celebrated for like their physical prowess exactly. rather than like um the things they think about or the things that they invest in they do the, the things that they do in the community all all that right mm-hmm. um and there's a lot to it um there's a lot to that but for me especially just like growing up um just seeing my favorite people my favorite athletes like being like wearing our colors and like winning competitions that that was like a um, a huge bit for my nationalism but as i've grown as i've grown older it's it's very like i could take it or leave it you know and um i'm and i'm also thinking about like uh right now for example um while we're talking about like sports right we've got the uh the nba is considering mm-hmm. doing um restarting the league in Florida right now, um, even though there's like a pandemic going on. Um, and a bunch of athletes, including Kyrie Irving, have said that like, I don't want to get back into playing basketball right now because there's a lot that we as a country need to work through. And I feel like right now is not the moment to play basketball. Hmm. And I mean, listen, I definitely agree with them um, because no, I, I miss it. I really miss basketball. And I can only imagine if like, if I got paid to play basketball, how much they miss it. But if people are saying that like, right now we have things that our country needs to work through and like playing basketball should not be at the top of everybody's like list right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just kind of I, I just wonder how that that's going to like cause a shift you know going forward like the way that like our our athletes and you know I, I feel like I'm talking a lot about our athletes right now but it's, uh, but it's only because like they're on like a huge stage right but like yeah. they have influence like that so like if they start to think about um their position um and how they can better use it going forward especially like on like on like a social issue scale um this like the nba being this example i'm, I'm trying to mm-hmm. imagine like what that's going to look like in like 10 years you know um for the people that come after them um no 100 percent. and i think like the athlete um arena and and talking about that in terms of like being patriotic and like it, it it's important as well because you know representation is important and and within america and the united states if we do look at all the sports and teams like mostly it is black individuals and like when you're a child looking for people to look up to then that's who you see that does represent you and the importance of that but also you know you bring up a good point in terms of you know the body versus maybe mind and what is being highlighted right um percent and and again here i am harking on athletics again but here we go i feel like we ought to talk about it um colin kaepernick was kneeling um some years ago during the pledge of allegiance to say that i am tired of this police brutality and i feel like we should do something about it as a nation and he has since been blackballed in the league and people created a whole discourse saying that kneeling he is disrespecting america's flag and um colin kaepernick is really like a hot button like like you say that to the wrong to the right person or the wrong person you might end yourself in like in a big discourse you might even end up in a fight depending on who the person is you know um it's really interesting and now like the nfl put out a statement a couple of weeks ago saying that we support black lives matter um and we need to work on the injustices within our country mm-hmm. and it's just weird because like now that they put that statement out it's like are they going to do anything for colin kaepernick you know especially since like um they they uh they definitely entertained that whole discourse too, right? They, that whole narrative that he was disrespecting the flag, like they let that fly. Yeah. Um, so will they do anything for him? Some um, reparations on top of reparations? Hmm. Uh, reparations would be great. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be, I think somebody, somebody like, um, I think somebody did some math on that and they, and they said it would be like close to $300,000 per person. That's nice. That would be dope. I yo. That's nice. That would be nice. That would be really nice. But um but yeah, but it's like Colin Kaepernick is was kneeling because he said that like America can do more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can be better than this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like a really important thing for people to understand. It's like when people are protesting, it's because we feel like there's something that can be done better, right? I feel like people protest because of not because that they hate the country, but they love the country, right? Yeah. They love it enough to want to see change and improvements. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And to take the time to go out there 
and to have hope that through this these actions that we can change and we can become a better country and nation for all the people of America. Yeah. But we do need to focus on, I, I was having this conversation with my friend and she is having an issue in terms of her family um, and understanding Black Lives Matter and why the emphasis is Black Lives Matter and not all lives matter. And, and it's quite interesting because she is first generation um, Iranian and, you know, kind of some of her family are, they categorize themselves to be Republicans and on the right. And, you know, it, even within that dichotomy, there's so much issue of like, oh, you're just on the left. Oh, I'm on the right. So I believe these things. And just those conversations that she's told me about um, in terms of trying to explain, you know, why the emphasis is not on all lives matter, but black lives matter. And, um, you know, I, I think it's quite interesting, like when you're an immigrant or a child of an immigrant and you come to this country and again, kind of looping back to this dream of America and like land of opportunity. It, it can get quite complicated, right. quite complicated. Right, because like, I don't know about you, but like, did they, when you were growing up, did they make a big deal about like Ellis Island and how like immigrants would go through Ellis Island and they would like, they get registered. Mm -hmm. And then once they would make it through, then it's like, you know, the America is their oyster. You know what I'm saying? There's mm -hmm. all types of opportunities that they can find and do for their family as long as they pull themselves up by their bootstraps and made it happen. They can do, they could just do anything. Um, yeah, they definitely did. And on my dad's side, I believe I have, I think my grandfather came through Ellis Island from Barcelona. And I think within that, like that, that narrative, it's so important to like recognize colorism as also an immigrant and being like, yo, you know, yeah, you're an immigrant. Cool. But like, we need to look at how colorism and all of that comes into effect in terms of the the bound the the boundaries or the things that are like within your way in order to like achieve this american dream mm -hmm. because you may be able to assimilate more easily you may be more passing and such mm -hmm. so yeah I, it's like not talked about in depth in terms of like immigration and I think the the Ellis Island narrative is can be interesting um but yes definitely was talked about a lot mm -hmm. growing up and I feel like you definitely bring up a good point about about like colorism because you know darker people regardless of where you are in the world are treated worse right mm -hmm. so like imagining um imagining some immigrants came through ellis island who are say irish right mm -hmm. um their experience in america compared to some immigrants who came through ellis island that are afghani like mm -hmm. that is two different experiences that's mm -hmm. two very different experiences and i feel it's not fair it's not fair to uh, just to lump everybody together in that you know um yeah. and like 
like sure people like and i feel like it's the same thing as like a people of color versus like just like naming like uh people right so like for example i don't i can't like i get people calling people people of color but like i can't be a poc right i'm black uh, at least for me um because like my experience in america is is going to be different from yours lex right um 100%. which is going to be different from somebody else's and while we all are like subjugated to these systems of oppression um it just looks different for everybody um so like thinking about like the way like the narrative around like immigration um ellis island versus let's look at california and how many mexican americans live here right mm -hmm. but we don't say like they need to get out of our country when we're talking about people who came through Ellis Island, right? Americans will say that often. Yeah, well, about depending, yeah, depending on like where they came from Fair. through Ellis Island. Fair. But like, I'm, I'm, yeah. But like to that point, right? Like uh, the way that people view immigrants, um, it just differs. Um, for mm -hmm. some, they're saying like they're welcome because they may they just have something right we well yeah something you know it might be it might be a, a lighter skin tone it could because be whiteness it could be whiteness right yeah and then others it's like we got to build that wall they're, they're stealing our jobs you're from a shithole country exactly you know um it's interesting to see it's really interesting to see how like that plays out yeah 100 percent um i think when talking about the immigration narrative, um, it's important because just having conversations with fellow first generation children, um, you know, I think some people's parents, you know, they're like, well, I did it. So why can't they like, what are these issues? Um, even with people whose parents are black they're black immigrants yeah um and, and i think that you know there has to be some work and acknowledgement around that as well mm -hmm. because that dream of america is so very heavy and when you come from a place where which is the same here but like i don't know why the packaging is different like where you walk out that door and you don't know if you're going to come back or not and you're seeing all this stuff which is like the same thing that's happening here in terms of like certain groups of people um i don't know it's like this false sense of safety mm -hmm. so would you agree lex that the american dream is completely fake yeah i mean i don't think that um it's all that it's made out to be. I do think it's also a piece of propaganda. Mm. Speak on um, that. Speak on that. Speak on that. Please, please, please. Well, this goes back to what I was saying earlier in terms of if we look at different wars and such like that and why people immigrate to America. Like a lot of U.S. involvement within other countries create these immigration um, trends and patterns. And so then you're kind of like forced to come. Right. Um, but like, you may not know that, you know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. It's like so many underlying things. Um, then you come to this country and then you're like, okay, I'm in America. Like I should be free and safe. And then you come up 
against like whatever barriers. Um, so I don't think that it's quote unquote the same for everybody. And I do think it's a piece of propaganda, like, you know, saying that the U.S. is like a melting pot and all these different things. Like, it, it's just not the reality. It's not the same for everybody. And then we have to look at U.S. involvement within other countries. And then we get mad because we have people coming in doing jobs that other Americans don't want to do for much less. And now we're saying you need to get out. This is for us. Right. And that's ridiculous. And then we have to look at the whole like history of America and look at like the people that were here first and then also look at like Latinos that were here and like just also indigenous people and Latinos like our background is so mixed and like our blood as well and our DNA like when you take a DNA test like that will come out as whatever Native American if you are mixed with Spanish and indigenous and possibly African. So it's a whole thing. I could go on a tangent about this, but yes, I do think like the American dream is like propaganda and, and it creates a false sense of um, opportunity and it's not the true identity of America for everybody. I agree. Cause I feel like, and you brought up a, a bunch of good points. Um, but like, especially, especially the ones that about, about like colonialism and like America's influence on the like countries around it, um, America's history with that, right? And how there are just so many, there are just so many intersections, and there are so many like um, parts that just are kind of, they're kind of just washed away. Dare I say whitewashed, right? Um, and so calling America a melting pot is really disrespectful to all the people that came to America um, because like there's so much there is so much culture here um because people brought their culture um saying it's a melting pot makes it seem as if they should just get rid of their culture and just like be what we're doing here like just fit in um and that's not fair and 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 like you're there's something lost there um and is it intentional personally i think it is um but like there's just something lost there and like for for the families that are that are bringing all this incredible incredible stuff to to this country um it's really important to hold on to that stuff um i can only imagine because you know my folks my folks were born here so i can only imagine what that's like being um a child of of an immigrant yeah holding on to your identity of the country that you emigrated from is super important and for a while like I I know that my mom struggled with that you know she had to come here she didn't speak English Um, she had to learn English herself she worked at McDonald's but she also was studying in school and you know she really tried to work on her accent as well and dye her hair blonde and really tried to like fit in with this um, American aesthetic which even from that example, like it symbolizes whiteness. And I think for her, she was really set on like, oh, my kids, like they're American, you know, yes, their lineage is Salvadoran, but like, I want them to be like American. And so I think 
she just really wanted us to assimilate as best as possible so people wouldn't see us differently but that's almost impossible you know Mm-hmm. It, it's almost impossible so I think like holding I, I think it's super important like holding on to that identity and not falling into the trap of like the melting pot and like okay no I'm American and holding those two identities like that should be what America is about like celebrating the combination of that but like truly yeah truly truly like that's what's beautiful of okay we can hold those two identities but like still really have a country that is in support of that but that's not what the united states is at at this point right exactly um there is a lot of beauty in that but see this kind of like brings me we talked about this before of like with the fourth of july yeah like in terms of ideas of okay how do you celebrate your culture your ethnicity your heritage your race like within america like is there any way to do that like to hold what is going on responsible and acknowledge that but also like try to reappropriate it and like my whole idea of oh like What if I decided to wear something that had to do with being Salvadoran? Like, I don't know. Could that, is that a political statement? Would people be pissed off? Like, am I just, you know, doing something, but I'm still celebrating the 4th of July and that in itself is not right? You know, I don't know. Is there a way that we could try to do that? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, cause I feel like it really is important to talk about like how and why families came here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. cause none of like, you know, a, a lot of us weren't, a lot of us didn't start off here. Like our lineage didn't start here, but we all ended up here somehow, somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like talking about that type of stuff, um, would be one way to do it. Um, but then like, how do we make it not seem like um performative right or just like like we're checking off a box like like okay uh black people talked about slavery all right who's next you know what i'm saying like uh like and and i mean we should talk about it because like you know it has so much influence on the way that we view each other the way that we view the country the way we view just like authority in general um Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, it is the reason why my family's here. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have to hold America accountable for, like, the way that it, like, it has influenced the world. Um, and I think, it, and I feel like it's possible. It doesn't have to be, like, a, it doesn't have to be, like, a, a, a conversation that, like, quote, unquote, like, kills the mood, right? It's, if anything, like, you're just shedding light on, like, what's really going on, right? And, like, how um how things really are you know because like it's it's almost like a double reality you know mm-hmm. like the way that i the way that i look at america is very different from the way that my white friends look at america mm-hmm. um but like neither are incorrect is the thing and i feel like that's the and i feel like that's the part where like there is there's always like a little bit tension like a, or something like that right 
because like even though your reality may be one thing and my reality may be another thing I feel like it's important to say that both of these things are happening rather than one of these things is incorrect or disrespectful Hmm. Um, yeah yeah. it's really holding that duality or the, the the multiple experiences of America right because a white person's experience in America is their experience, right? Mm -hmm. And then a person of color, a black person's experience in America is also valid and true. And like, how do both of those perspectives and views, you know, be seen? Whereas the dominant culture is white culture, is white people. So having white people to understand like yo this experience is valid and this happens but like you don't experience it because of who you are and how you walk through this country so i think that's your i mean that's right it's like how how do you i think this is where issues lie Mm. but like that's the problem is the the complete denial or inability to open your eyes and see and try to look from somebody else's perspective and having empathy and compassion and realizing that your view is not the center or the truth of all. Right. Yep. That's exactly it. And I feel like that's where the tension, that's where the tension happens. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's one of those things that like it's doable, it's possible, um, but it just takes a lot of work. It just takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot uh-huh. of empathy. And, you know, some people are just not ready to do that. Um, no, some people, they just want to live in their world and only, like, see what they see, and that's it. They don't have any capacity or want to really open themselves up to it. Like, there are people in this country that are absolutely sold on an idea and a way of being, and that's it, and that's what they decided, and nope. Right. And, you know, good for them. I I wish I could live that simply. <laughs> that would be, it would, it, would make, it would make my life a lot easier if I could just think about only the way that I view the world, you know? Um, that's so, there's so much privilege in that. Um, good for yeah. them. But uh, they're not forced to have experiences that, you know, make you think, oh, wow, okay, this is what possibly another person feels or like, this is what it would be like. Yeah, I get you. And like straight up, like, even in that conversation, right, am I, am I any less American than my white friends for that? No, not at all. Um because regardless of how we all ended up here and even some of my white friends their families immigrated as well right mm-hmm. we're all here we're all we are all american so it's like um we have to celebrate all faces of america um yeah 100% because right now the equation goes like nationalism patriotism american americana like being an american has a very deep connection to whiteness yep and that's an issue and our system is built on that Mm -hmm. so for those of us that don't necessarily have some whiteness just like laying around you know (laughs) fresh out 
you know, we got to think about things differently. Um, so I think mm-hmm. my hope is that um, we can all take the time to recognize like our position in, in the country, right? And just the way we view it and the way that we operate around it. Um, here's a question for you. Like, like, you know, we're talking about nationalism, um, which is a little bit different from patriotism, but like yeah. in terms of like patriotism, did you ever consider joining the army or any like armed forces? No, I never have. Um, yeah, I never thought about it. But when I was working at the high school in Brooklyn, that was kind of like an option that was sold to some of the students of to um, join the military. And I do have friends that have joined the military and afterwards are now or have graduated like master's programs and such because it does give you opportunity but i've never never ever have thought about joining the military or armed forces what about you you know not for real no like my uh my grandfathers are um, all veterans they're all Mm -hmm. i forget which war they're in um might be desert storm Either way, like they like we have veterans in our family, um, and mm-hmm. like I never really asked them about their experience with that because there there just like, a lot could go on in that conversation. I wouldn't want to like bring up anything that would really like set them off for real. Um, so personally, nah, like I never thought to to join the military, like. Like I did at one point want to join the Peace Corps, um, and that's not like armed forces, but it's still like, you know, like uh, for the for the for the greater good of America and like Americans trying to make a difference type thing, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. I did that. Um, I didn't get into the Peace Corps, um, but I ended up doing AmeriCorps for what two years, and then I worked for like a nonprofit that worked very closely with AmeriCorps um, Mm -hmm. to like provide uh, resources and, you know, opportunities for like students who just need more support. But like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I could never see myself like going to war for America because I feel like America has never really gone to war for me. I don't know. No, I mean, I can see that. Like, it it makes sense. It makes sense. And I feel like the military armed forces and such reasons as to why they come into schools, um, specifically my own experience of, like, working at a school in Brooklyn. It's a technical high school. It's mostly black and brown children is because it, you know, they can recruit and sell people on you know here is opportunity if you do this you do get like an education stipend you know you get these different benefits and i also think about this in terms of the police like when they're recruiting um people to be officers because they have such great benefits like technically you don't have to have um, you don't have to go to college you know these different things and it's you're sold on okay well if I'm trying to like get mine and like you know go up in this world and live in this system 
let me try to do this because this is the opportunity that I have or this is as good as it's going to get for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like to that point, we don't want to like come across as if we don't appreciate our armed forces, right? Because like, no, they, not well, at all. For the, for like for the sake of like for the sake of our nation for like for for the sake of us right they go through a lot so we really do appreciate our armed forces and everything that they've mm-hmm. done and they they continue to do but but with that being said like neither of us wanting to join the armed forces on behalf of our country does that make us any less american the answer is still no um the answer is still no like mm-hmm. We can love the country in different ways, um, and it doesn't make it any more more correct or incorrect, you know, than somebody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me of this movie that just came out, a Spike Lee movie, um, Five Bloods. Oh, I just watched that. Yeah, and you know, I think that's such an interesting narrative. Um, but you know, it's in the context of the Vietnam War, and again like anybody who's served or been in the military and been in a war all that stuff like you know deepest respects um especially being a person of color or a black person and you're fighting this war and this is where i'm getting at in terms of that movie you know fighting a war in vietnam and like you know there's a whole war in your own country and you're fighting this war on behalf of of who yeah is this really your war to be fighting as a black male in Vietnam that was a very it was a very um powerful movie I, I love how Spike Lee really like brings in different things within history and how he frames stuff yeah like you know me being a history major that was like my favorite time period too so like especially like I mean it's been out for a while so it's not necessarily spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it yet like it starts off with just straight up history clips so i was just like geek yeah. in my room like yes you know but it's <laughs> it's fine it was good yeah i i enjoyed it um but i think this is so important too it's like really knowing history yeah like it's just super important like knowing your own history knowing the different levels of you know a war of all that like that critical thinking Mm-hmm. And understanding the story or the narrative that's connected to something, mm-hmm. whether it be your own identity as a person or also like items. Absolutely. Different items like, you know, I don't know what, for example, remember we were in that class and this man was speaking and he was like, okay, this type of beer that's sold, that's usually sold in lower socioeconomic um, places old english old english yeah malt liquor yeah malt liquor he was saying that on it is actually a ship that had brought slaves over Mm -hmm. and you know just like the symbolism within that and like things like you know drugs and alcohol being pumped into lower socioeconomic areas that usually have a higher population of black and brown people um you know really understanding history looking into things digging deep mm-hmm. is is super important double tap like into that exact same same feeling right um mount rushmore like 
Wow, that's definitely a, a, a hmm, how do we say this? It's got a, like four presidents on it and it's considered like one of like those national like treasures because it shows like America and its greatness. But those people's faces weren't always there. And there were definitely some indigenous people that lived there before. And so for those indigenous people, those faces on that mountain are not a source of pride. If anything, it's a, it's a big middle finger finger to, to them, you know, to saying that like, this is our place now, this is our country. Um, it's very symbolic, um, but it just really depends on who you ask on like the definition of that symbol. Mm. Um, it's interesting. hundred percent. Well, I feel like this has been a really good conversation in terms of thinking about 4th of July coming up and, you know, Juneteenth passing and where we are as a country in 2020. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so, you know, like we said, we asked on Instagram and y'all said that the 4th of July is canceled. All right. So it's canceled. So what are y'all going to do on 4th of July? So if you do have an idea of what you're going to do on 4th of July, instead of, instead of celebrating, comment on our Instagram post and let us know what you're doing instead. Yeah, please let us know. You can also DM us as well. Um, we want to hear it. We want to hear your ideas and what you're doing. Um, so if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at implicitlyawkward. Uh, follow us on Twitter at implicitlyawk because once again, there are too many characters and it's awkward so why not have it be implicitly awk a-w-k <laughs> yes 100 percent. again thank you so much to all the listeners that keep tuning in it's super important um and meaningful to us that you do this and you know please let us know about the conversations that you're having so stay safe and be well and that was implicitly awkward <laughs>